is from Acts, chapter 2, verses 42 through 47. And I will be reading from the New Revised Standard Version. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. Awe came upon everyone because many wonders and signs were being done by the apostles. All who believed were together and had all things in common. They would sell their possessions and goods and distribute the proceeds to all, as any had need. Day by day, as they spent much time together in the temple, they broke bread at home and ate their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having the goodwill of all the people. And day by day, the Lord added to their number those who were being saved. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Today's Gospel reading comes from the Gospel of John, chapter 10, verses 1 through 10, and I'll be reading from the NRSV translation. Listen for God to speak to you. Very truly, I tell you, anyone who does not enter the sheepfold by the gate, but climbs in by another way, is a thief and a robber. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep hear his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his his own, he goes ahead of them, and the sheep follow him because they know his voice. They will not follow a stranger, but they will run from him because they do not know the voice of strangers. Jesus used this figure of speech with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. So again, Jesus said to them, Very truly, I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who come before me are thieves and bandits, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters by me will be saved and will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Sheep, shepherd, sheep and shepherd and gate. Oh my. Today is the fourth Sunday of Easter, also known as Good Shepherd Sunday. And I'll be frank, at first... I found this scripture to be uh, a bit confusing. Is Jesus the shepherd? Oh, wait, is he the gate? Oh, is he the gatekeeper? And those who believe must be the sheep. Though I've never been thrilled about being called a sheep. My impression of a sheep is that they are not very bright. 
easily manipulated, helpless when they're separated from the flock. I don't see myself in that way. But before I get all like, don't nobody call me a sheep, I'm going to step back and share with you some things that I learned. In the New Bible Commentary, Donald Guthrie identifies a main point of this scripture as the means by which the true and the false shepherd is identified. The imagery of the shepherd is a familiar one in the Old Testament. For example, in Jeremiah 23, verse 1, Woe to the shepherd who destroys and scatters the sheep of my pasture, says the Lord. Guthrie states that in this section, this gospel points most strongly to Ezekiel 34, where the shepherds of Israel are criticized. To the shepherd, thus says the Lord God, woe. You shepherds of Israel who have been feeding yourself should not, I'm sorry, you shepherd of Israel who have been feeding yourselves, should not you be feeding the sheep? Apparently, they weren't doing a very good job. And because of the emphasized truly in today's reading in verse 1, very truly, I tell you, there may be a connection between the theme of chapter 9 and the shepherd illustration. I'll draw on your memory a few weeks ago. We heard a sermon on Jesus healing the man born blind at birth. And the Pharisees treated him horribly. They wanted him to proclaim Jesus as evil, and he refused. For he felt that such a miracle could only be done by a man of God. So they kicked him out. The contrast between the theme of, uh, between the bad shepherd of the Pharisees as seen in their attitude <clears throat> toward the blind man and the good shepherd is very clear. Jesus uses the image of the sheepfold to highlight how the bad shepherds, the thieves, and the bandits were trying to enter the sacred enclosure of God's people. But let's get some background on what a sheepfold or a pen is. In Palestine Palestine of Jesus' day, there was more than one type of fold in use. The one here appears to be a courtyard in front of a house, maybe the courtyard in front of a temple. The Greek word used for this sheepfold here, awale, frequently refers to a courtyard surrounded by a stone wall and often topped by briars for protection. This type of fold had only one entrance which was either guided, guarded by the shepherd himself when only one flock was in, or by a gatekeeper when several flocks were enclosed. In the latter case, the gatekeeper would know the shepherds. Thieves and robbers would be forced to enter by other means. Those who climb into the sheepfold in a sneaky way are thieves and bandits who don't care about the sheep, but only about their own gain. 
And sadly, it does go without saying, but I will say it, that there are many thieves, robbers, and bandits in our world who seek to manipulate, steal, and destroy. By contrast, the true shepherd enters the sheepfold openly by means of the gate. He is recognized immediately by both the gatekeeper, who opens the gate for him, and by the sheep, who know his voice. The only person to enter the sheepfold through the gate is the legitimate shepherd. And what is important is the relationship between the sheep and the shepherd. The characteristic of a true shepherd is that he not only recognizes his sheep, but calls them by name and leads them out to pasture. So in the Middle East, shepherding is a little bit different than in other places of the world because sheep aren't usually kept for food, but for their wool. So they'll be with a shepherd for a long time, and they name them, and they create an interesting language to call them. There are some very interesting YouTube videos that demonstrate how the sheep know and respond to the voice of the shepherd. A shepherd will create a call with various tones and pitches that is unique and specific for the flock. I was watching one. There was a group visiting, and the kids were trying to call the sheep. They were You could see them out in the pasture grazing away. And they're like, come on, sheep, here we go, sheep, sheep, sheep. And they're calling, and the sheep are like, having none of it. They're just grazing away, not even looking up. And then the shepherd comes up to the fence, and he starts doing a tick, 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 and making all of these interesting sounds. And first you see the sheep pop their heads up, and then a couple start to move, and the next thing you know, they're all running toward him. It's kind of fun to watch if you can... You know, just do sheep, shepherds calling sheep on YouTube. You'll see a few of those. The 20th century journalist H.V. Morton tells the story of a scene that he saw in a cave near Bethlehem. Two shepherds had sheltered their flocks together in a cave during the night. In the morning, in order to separate the flocks, one shepherd went off some distance and started calling the sheep with his unique call that only his sheep would know. Soon his entire flock had come running to him because they knew his voice. They would not have come for anyone else, but they knew the call of their own shepherd. For us, the voices to which we listen form and shape our lives throughout our lifetime. And there are a myriad of voices in our world. So here are some questions you might ask that we might ask ourselves. What voices are rattling around in me, vying for my attention? For better or for worse, we eventually begin to speak with the voice that has formed and shaped us. So ask yourself, who do I sound like when I speak? Is it the voice of thieves and bandits? Or is it the voice of wisdom, love, compassion, hope, joy, 
the voice of Jesus, the voice of a shepherd, which voices are loudest in my life today? Are they worthy of my trust, of my life, or are they bankrupt? To which voices do I need to close the gate? And to which ones do I need to open the gate for? That can be something we think about this week. Bet you didn't know there was going to be homework. But let's look at one more image Jesus gives us in this passage. The image of the gatekeeper and the gate. The obvious choice for gatekeeper may be God. But what if we consider that we are the gatekeeper of our lives? We are the keeper and guardian of our heart. Guarding our heart means staying awake, being watchful, remaining diligent. Awareness of and reflection on what's happening within and outside us are the gatekeeper's responsibilities. Depending upon who or what it is, we either open our heart or keep it closed. Sometimes we need to open the gate, and sometimes we need to keep the gate of our life closed. Can you look back on your life and see that happening? But we don't have to make these decisions alone or in isolation. Jesus said, I am the gate. Earlier I described the sheepfold. This is the one Jesus first used to teach his disciples about himself. Unfortunately, they didn't get it. And you see this in verse 6. But they did not understand what he was saying to them. You know, that gives me comfort. Because I often don't understand what God is trying to tell me right away. So I'm glad Jesus tries another way and uses another version of the sheepfold. One where there is no gate, just an opening for the sheep to enter and exit. For this type of fold, and this is a real type of fold that's active today, the shepherd will gather the sheep in for the night and use their body as the gate. The shepherd will lay on the ground across the opening, and the sheep won't step over him. And he can stop a thief, whether it be a man or an animal, from entering. The shepherd uses his body to protect the sheep. Okay, so this may be how Jesus is both the shepherd and the gate. He is the gate that stands against death. He raises himself up and leads to the pastures of abundant life, just as we read in Psalm 23. And the abundant life is touching and living the divine life. It is quality, not quantity. It's about meaning, integrity, purpose, creativity, 
relationship and wholeness. It does not add to the pain of the world, but adds to and enhances our own life and the lives of others. As the gatekeeper of our life, we open or close in collaboration with Jesus. The sheep follow the shepherd because they know his voice. After all this, can I be comfortable being called a sheep? If I look to Christ as my shepherd, I see this sheep as a person emptied of ego and agendas that are motivated only by individual gain. This leaves me open to learning the shepherd's unique language for me, a call that I can trust and have hope that it will bring me to an abundant life I would never be able to imagine or achieve on my own. Perhaps that is why the community of believers in the reading from Acts 2 showed such generosity, giving as there was a need and listening to teachings of the apostle, the shepherds Jesus had provided. And they had the admiration of all who observed them, and the Lord added to their numbers daily. This morning, you may have learned that sheep fare better together, not picked off one by one, and that there is a promise of abundant life for all who follow Jesus' way. And there is something public and open and honest, even simple, about how we live as God's people through Jesus. It's the shepherd, the gate, the sheepfold, rather than the sneaky, the hidden, the thief. And there is comfort in understanding that, and an understanding that comes and goes. Hearing Jesus' voice doesn't always happen easily, even for those who are closest. Yet neither he nor they abandon one another. So, let's live into this teaching to tune our ears to hear Jesus' voice and open the gate to our heart. For we know that Jesus came that we may have life and have it abundantly. And in all your joy, the people of God say, Amen.